Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Good evening, I uh, hope you're all well. Um, obviously this is the Bundesliga show uh, brought to you by Over the Bar and in partnership with Bundesliga Boxes. Um, so obviously if you guys are new to the channel or new to the show, Bundesliga Boxes um, are a mystery German football shirt uh, company or provider and that obviously source authentic t-shirts from Germany. I'm sporting one right now. I've got my Tasmania Berlin top on. Um, so yeah, brilliant company. Uh, and we're in partnership with them this season. So go check them out either on Twitter or I think they've got uh, their brand new website, which is um, effectively up and running now, I'd led to believe. Um, so yeah, go check them out on their fantastic product, uh, t-shirts, scars, everything that you kind of get in these mystery boxes. So Please do go check them out. Um, it feels like it's been a while, Mark. To be fair, um, obviously, unfortunately, <laughs> we weren't able to do anything last week, and you've been on your on your holes, and so we've been missing been missing our our little double acts. How, how's things? You're right. Yeah, it's been a fair while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been. Yeah, I think obviously, I think this is actually my first show in September. You know, so it's good wow. to be back and everything. I would have my uh, my usual uh, Paderborn shirt on, but unfortunately, like I think I was telling you before, Rory, that. Yeah, I made my long-awaited return to five-a-side football last night. I decided to surprise my German friends and turn up in a Paderborn shirt. I got quite a few uh, kind of surprise looks, really, from certain people saying, like, wow, why, why? And actually, one of the guys was from Paderborn, ironically, as well. So, yeah, that kind of impressed him as well. But, yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. And, yeah, let's. I suppose we should crack on with the... Uh, the scores yeah. on the door. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, over to you for yeah. scores. Yeah. So actually, no. The one thing before that, we've got to do Mark's mystery anagram as well. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a few. It's been a while, hasn't it? Since yeah. we did Mark's mystery anagram. I think the last one was actually the back end of August. Incredibly. Yeah. So obviously we had the international break, and then obviously I was on holiday, and I think uh, yeah. So it's been a few weeks now since we last did it. But yeah, let's uh, remind those of you who have, who have good memories of the last one, which was, of course, Bank Marvel Mom. Yeah, and uh, the answer was actually, indeed, it was Mark Van Bommel. It was Wolfsburg's uh, new manager slash head coach, Mark Van Bommel. Yeah, but as far as I know, Rory, I think obviously you saw the live chat. I think nobody got it this week, right? Um, it's obviously been two weeks, so we'll have to go back and check our, our commenters. Um, I know I'm fairly sure that someone posted off the live chat, um, and it was Mark Van Bommel, so I, we'd have to check who it was uh, to give them credit, so apologies that we don't know. Um, but anyway, we'll give them credit in uh, in Thursday's show, perhaps. Um, yeah. But anyway, on with on with your. If, uh, if, any, if anyone commented it right, just send us a message yeah, in the chat. Shout we'll give you a shout out. Don't That's worry, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. We'll we'll make sure we give you a shout out. Yeah. Apologies to anyone who didn't get it there. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on to the uh, the week five um, marks mystery anagram. So I'm going to pull it up onto the bottom of the screen now. So as you can see, free rug truth is the Mark's Mystery Anagram for week five. 
So, yeah, obviously, remember, it's got to be something related to the Bundesliga. It's either got to be a club, it's got to be a player, it's got to be a coach slash manager related to the top tier of the Bundesliga. Remember to write your comments. In fact, it might even be a better idea if you write it on the uh, show as well. Because obviously, like sometimes myself, obviously, today it's a live show. So it's probably a good opportunity for you guys if you do uh, catch it. And then if you don't, obviously, remember to comment as well at the bottom. So we can definitely give you a shout out next week. So, yeah, that concludes Mark's Mystery Anagram. So let's look at the scores on the doors for week five, which was another entertaining weekend of Bundesliga action. So starting on Friday, we had a rare home win for Hertha Berlin, beating Furt 2-1. Moving on to Saturday, we had a, a rare nil-nil draw in the Bundesliga between Bielefeld and Hoffenheim. Augsburg got their first win of the season with a 1-0 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Bayern smashed seven at home against Bochum. Uh, another nil-nil, wow, between Mainz and Freiburg. Then the Saturday evening game was a very entertaining one-all draw between FC Köln and Leipzig. Then on to Sunday, it was a super Sunday, wasn't it, with great games all across the board. We had a, a we started with a 3-1 win for Leverkusen in Stuttgart. Then we had probably the game of the day, a brilliant 4-2 win for Dortmund over Union Berlin. Then we concluded with last week's table toppers, Wolfsburg, drawing one all with winless, still winless, Eintracht Frankfurt. So, yeah, let's move on to the featured four. And I think there's no better place to start, really. We, we've kind of neglected them a little bit at times this season, haven't we? But obviously, they're really starting to hit the stride now under Julian Nagelsmann. A brilliant 7-0 win for Bayern Munich over newly promoted Bochum, who are now starting to fall off the rails a little bit. And obviously, we gave them quite a bit of praise early on in the season, especially after their 2-0 win over Mainz. But now that's three defeats in a row now for Bochum and 10 goals conceded in the last two games as well. I mean, where do we start? I mean, obviously, we, we criticised Greuther Furt a lot when they lost 5-1 at Stuttgart on the opening day. And I think this, for me, this was a similar kind of performance from Bochum. I thought they were absolutely abject in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, we all know how good Bayern Munich are, you know, and they're really starting to find the stride under Nagelsmann. But, I mean, just starting from the first goal, you know, I mean, obviously, Leroy Sane standing over the free kick. You're just thinking, get a solid wall, you know, and what happened to the wall? I mean, like it ended up being a two-man wall. And I mean, Sane could just like whip a kind of, it wasn't even the best free kick in the world, really, was it? But there was just absolutely no one there to block it. It goes in past Riemann, the goalkeeper, obviously, who's had a great season so far. And then, Rory, I think it just went from bad to worse after then, didn't it, really, for Bochum? Uh, yeah, it did. I think, obviously, there was a, a clear mix of, some of the seven goals are really high quality, and then some of the some of the rest of the goals were obviously a bit of a mess. Um, from a Balkan point of view, obviously the fourth one's an own goal um, from Lampropoulos. Uh, hopefully, I've got that name right. So his own goal, um, yeah, that was very unfortunate. Uh, obviously, the keeper Ryman's come out to intercept the free ball from Muller, and then obviously the the defender thinks that he's still in his goal and, and taps it into an empty net. That's obviously a bit of a mess. Um, I thought they probably could have got um, a bit tighter for the second goal where Kimmich is allowed to turn and swivel in the box. Um, so that's probably not the best of work there. A couple of 
goal-mouth scrambles, uh, one of which obviously Lewandowski scored, Chupo Motting, of course, got uh, the seventh. Um, but some of them were individual bits of brilliance and some nice football, particularly the second Kimmich goal. Uh, they played some really good interchanging football buy-in, uh, really, really solid, and he finished that off with a tap-in or a half-volley uh, that went in off the post. Um Canabry just using raw pace for the third goal, um, getting past the defenders. So, yeah, you know, the keeper in the back back four were kind of on a hiding to nothing, weren't they? Um, especially after going going down early doors. Um, so, yeah, Bayern looked like they're hitting their straps. Uh, perfect timing, I guess. Um, you know, help, helpful that they've um, been able to... Mix and match their players accordingly. Uh, Musiala now is a, a regular and a go-to player uh, for Bayern. He is uh, an up, up-and-coming player last season, but now he looks like he's got the trust of the head coach in, in the shape of Nagelsmann. Uh, and they're playing some really, well, fine football. And, you know, it's fair to say that Bolkem and Bayern's friendship, as as we know, yeah. there are some friendships in the Bundesliga that they might not be so friendly after getting whipped seven nil. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be too happy with them after that. But yeah, it was just imperious, ominous, inevitable Bayern sort of performance. Makes you think. I mean, is there a team that can live with that in the Bundesliga at the moment? It's it's a hard question to answer. Well, without being too. Mm-hmm. Obvious, so yeah, great performance from Bayern. Bochum just need to dust themselves down and uh, yeah, go again because it's been a, cu- a rough couple of games for sure. Yeah, I am a little bit worried for Bochum to be honest with you because I think after the one nil, they did actually start quite well. We see that quite a lot, don't we, against Bayern teams? Do they start okay and they settle into the game, but then when they concede that first goal, most teams, especially at the Allianz Arena, they just fall apart a lot of the time, don't they? I mean, we saw it last week as well with Leipzig. You know, I mean, the first half they did okay, Leipzig, and it was it, obviously for the first. I don't know, not long really, was it, when they got the first goal? I mean, it was 17 minutes, but I would say before that, they were okay, Bolton. But then yeah. after that, it was just like they just fell apart, basically, you know. And I thought, uh, obviously, they missed. One thing we have to say is they did miss Simon Zola as well. Like, he got injured, unfortunately, in the build-up to the game. And I think they actually did a nice touch. They do quite a lot of these things in the Bundesliga, don't they? Like, these nice little touches. And they actually put his shirt on the uh, the dugout actually as well number nine Sola like I, I you wouldn't really see that in the Premier League so much I don't think but I think it might have been kind of uh, partly because you do have the friendship as well between the clubs but they definitely miss him because he's been really good this season actually Simon Sola obviously they had uh, Sebastian Polter who used to play for Union Berlin he didn't he struggled up top you know. I think obviously the um, the Balkan Messi as well. We've not seen much of him for a while, have we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Gary Oldman, if you remember him scoring that absolute stormer of a goal in the first, the second week, I think. Yeah, like they, they want a little bit more from him, I guess. I think also I've been a bit disappointed with Robert Tesher as well from the Balkan side because I know that the guys from the Spider Bundesliga podcast they said he was a world beater in the second league last year, yeah. but I mean he was all, obviously got a red card in like his first 10 minutes against Wolfsburg in his, on his debut in the Bundesliga. And then he had a bit of a stinker as well today, uh, this weekend, to be honest. Well, obviously, I think it was the fifth goal. He pretty much put it on a plate for, I think it was uh, Lewandowski, actually. It was, 
Yeah, it was a poor performance from him and they, they want a little bit more from some of the better players at the minute because it's been a, a tough two weeks especially, obviously getting beaten comfortably at home against Hertha Berlin last week as well. A bit more from Balkham, you know, but obviously there's going to be much easier games than that. There's, it's a real tough game going to the Alliance, especially when they've just beaten Barca 3-0 in midweek as well, you know. And we're really, really starting to see the Nagelsmann imprint on that Bayern side at the minute. And they're looking very, very ominous, aren't they? Let's be honest. They go to Furt this weekend. And I mean, Furt are going to be having sleepless nights, to be honest. They really are. It's like, I feel sorry for them, to be honest with you. But I mean, yeah, everyone's got to play Bayern twice, haven't they? And uh, both of learn the hard way in this one, that's for sure. So, yeah, let's move on to another cracking game this weekend, which, I mean, I think pretty much every game's a cracker, really, for Dortmund these days, isn't it? I mean, they just simply don't do low-scoring games, do they? I mean, I actually thought they might have a chance of keeping a clean sheet in this game. I predicted 2-0 to Dortmund. I just thought they might kind of steady up a little bit after the kind of defensive disaster class against Leverkusen last week and what has been for much of the season defensively. But, I mean... Going forward, they're just outstanding, aren't they, Dortmund? I mean, they started off this game, you know, very purposeful. So it has to be mentioned, though, Awani actually got a goal disallowed after about 40 seconds. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, when I saw it live, I thought, wow, he's onside there, you know. But no, he wasn't. He was just slightly offside. And that was a, a big kind of let off really for Dortmund but then I mean that man again he got a screamer against uh, Leverkusen last week to win the game and he started the game off in the first 10 minutes Rafael Guerrero with an absolute bullet of a half volley from the edge of the area giving the goalkeeper no chance for 1-0 then yeah also another really good goal for the second goal a different kind of goal really it was more of a team move with Mounier swinging the cross in and that man Erling Haaland to thump home ahead of his sixth league goal of the season and then Rory the second half was just carnage really wasn't it at both ends yeah it was um so again it looked like the three points pretty much um yeah collected or you know the the job was done after um the own goal was scored by on on the day captain Friedrich um so he kind of after a you know really good work from Marco Royce low cross in and he kind of bumbles the ball in to his own goal uh, so yeah, three 0 and if you're a Dortmund fan, you kind of yeah consider it job done, don't you? Um, but then the, yeah, that's obviously where the the killer instinct of this Dortmund team is lacking. And not in the sense of that they don't kill off games, but in the sense that they let teams back into them. Um, they're in total cruise control in midweek uh, in the Champions League and let a late goal slip. Uh, that was obviously right at the end in the 90th minute odd. Um, but again, clean sheet not had. Uh, and again, on this occasion, it's um, obviously a foul by Axel Witzel. Um, you know, just getting himself wrong-sided by um, the Union player. Max Cruz does the rest, gives them a sniff, and then they really are um, thinking they might get something from this game after uh, the corner with about 10 minutes or so to go. Um Summer signing, Volksammer from Bielefeld. I, I really thought that he'd be a good signing and he's um, he had a really impressive preseason. Um, but he had maybe not started as many games as he would have liked to have done. But yeah, really good header um, from being in the air, Mounier. Um, for, for all his quality going forward, Mounier still lacks, you know, he's just not a good defender. 
Um, you know, simple as really. Um, he adds an awful lot going forward. And when he's fit, I know Josh from JJD TV was really pleased with this performance and the last few from him. Um, going forward, he's produced three assists already, I think. Um, mm -hmm. He's got a great cross on him, but he does lack that defensive capability. Um, so until he either sorts that out or they go for another right back, there's always going to be a weakness there. Um, so, yeah, 3-2, you think you're oh, grandstand finish now. Two minutes later, <laughs> lo and behold, uh, certain Erling Haaland has got other ideas. Um, yeah, so um, just a long ball forward from Hummels, just a bit of, bit of not hit and hope, but just a release of pressure. You expect Haaland to maybe hold up the ball, use his strength, which he has, um, but just... You know, he's an opportunist as well, uh, which all good strikers are. Great little flick, uh, a lob over the keeper, Luta. Uh, you thought it might bounce over the goal, actually, because it bounced so um, far before the goal. But it bounces into the roof of the net, 4-2. Now job done, game over, and the points go uh, with the home side. Um, yeah, quality game, really enjoyable to watch. Dortmund, of course, you know, we'll say it until we're blue in the face, will trouble any team going forward. They'll score goals, but they will always concede goals with this defence. Um, brilliant win again, like uh, the other week against Leverkusen. You know, that's four goals uh, in back-to-back -back weeks now for them. But, you know, they've also conceded five in two games, which, you know, usually means you don't win both your games, does it? Um so, plenty of work for them to do on the defensive side, but at the moment, they're just going about their usual business. We'll score more than you. Great game of football, though. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, I mean, for Dortmund so far this season, I'd challenge any of our viewers to find a team that's had more goals involved in the first five games than Dortmund. They've had an incredible 28 goals involved in five games. That's just unbelievable, you know. That's an average of almost six goals, just short of six goals average per game, you know. Obviously scoring a massive 17, but at the same time shipping an incredible 11 goals in five games. You know, that's more than an average of two goals a game, and yet they've still won four out of the five fixtures. So it's just incredible numbers. It really is. I mean, Marco Rosa's side are going to be great to watch this season. Along with the next team, we'll talk about Bayer Leverkusen, who are not too far behind them in terms of goal, goals per game <laughs> ratio at the minute. I mean, there's some brilliant sides to watch, obviously, in the Bundesliga. But, I mean, the question that everyone's going to be asking are, are Dortmund in a position where they can realistically challenge FC Bayern Munich to the title this year? And like for me, I think going forward, they look better this year than they did last year. I mean, Bellingham's really turned into a world beater. I and mean, he runs that midfield now. He's turned himself into a massive fan's favourite up there in Dortmund. Like every week they've got like banners, like praising him. They, do you know what I mean? Like, I think we said in his first 10 games, he wasn't that great, really, was he? He looked a little bit out of his depth, but my God, has he improved in the last, uh, especially since 2021 came around. He's been absolutely brilliant. One of the best players in the Bundesliga. This was another good performance. Obviously, Rayner missed this game, but in, all in all, he's been very good as well. I think in the three games that he played. But I mean, it's just that defence, isn't it? I mean, Union Berlin barely really did anything in this game, did they? They still yeah. got two goals. And I mean, that is very worrying, really, for them. I mean, the penalty comes from nothing, really, does it? Axel Witzel doesn't really need to foul him because goalkeeper Kobel will probably stop uh, Max Kruiser anyway. 
But then, and then, I mean, obviously another goal conceded from a corner, which is just par for the course now, really, for Dortmund, isn't it? Like, I think every game, they ship at least one from a set play or a corner. And again, so obviously with eight minutes to go, they found themselves at 3-2 and they should have been 3-0, really, let's be honest, you know. And, you know, on another day, if it wasn't for Haaland's brilliance, he'd have had to probably face 10 minutes of intense pressure there from Union because, you know, we know they are a gritty side as well and they're not going to pass up an opportunity when they get it. So, obviously, if they are going to mount a title challenge, they're going to have to find a way to start at least... We know that Dortmund have never been a great defensive side, have they? Let's be honest, even going back to the clock days, but they need to find a way of at least averaging only one goal conceded a game rather than two or even more than two as it is currently. But yeah, great game, great advert for the Bundesliga, as a lot of games are, let's be honest. So let's um, let's move on to the next game, which was another great game between, for me, one of the best teams to watch in European football as well at the minute, and that is Bayer Leverkusen. We expected goals in this game, didn't we? And it didn't disappoint. For me, though, really, Leverkusen, they should have been able to make easier work of this game, you know. I mean, they started out and they're just absolutely flying, aren't they? I mean, Mitchell Backer, who's been a really, really good signing so far, by the way, especially going forward. Again, he's another of those fullbacks that can't defend to save his life. But going forward, he's like he's a world. He's like David Beckham reincarnated with the crosses, you know. It's <laughs> and then he puts a cross right onto the head of uh, Andre, who like puts a really really good header into the back of the net. The game barely seems to have started, and they're already one nil up. Then obviously the as always with Leverkusen, the, the counter attacks never stop coming, do they? And they they, they fly forward in numbers. Obviously, this time, uh, Diaby putting the cross in and then Patrick Schick, who looks a new man, to be honest, this season after his brilliant Euros. He comfortably finished and it's 2-0 before 20 minutes is even over. But then, obviously, the big turning point, you know, I think we messaged each other, Rory, and said, like, this is going to be 5-0 this game, you know. And then Mr. Dirty Tackle himself goes in with a horror challenge, Andrik, doesn't he? I mean... He must have had more red cards since we started doing this show than any player in Europe, really. And he picked up another one. Obviously, it went to VAR, but the referee couldn't not really give a red card for that one. It was a horror challenge. And then, as what often happens with Leverkusen, they're not the best at game management, are they, Rory? And they, did, they didn't deal well for the, like, at least the rest of the first half, really. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly fair to say the the rest of the first half they were they were shocked by it and they were in in cruise control. Um, uh, yeah, as you said, I was messaging you as a Stuttgart suit uh, <laughs> I was saying that yeah, this is going to get silly soon because it was two 0 after twenty minutes. Florian Verts was running the show. Um, you know, he was doing everything. He he actually got the assist for the second goal. Yeah, he did. And then, yeah, straight down to 10 men. Um, Stuttgart then are able to, you know, keep the ball a bit better, apply some pressure. Um, so, obviously, it's um, a free kick that um, then allows them back into the game. It's a Mavropanos header, um, which is actually really well saved by um, Haradecki and Net. The returning Mangala um, is able to, to tap in from close range. So, that's 2-1 uh, going into half time, And then... Uh, also, on top of that, after half time, Leverkusen lost uh, Patrick Schick to injury. So that's another hammer blow for them. Um, I don't know the severity of the injury, to be frankly honest. I just know that he went off injured. Um, but there on in, Stuttgart just couldn't, couldn't quite muster it. And it's almost from that point onwards, the, the Schick injury um, 
kind of allowed them to put a bit more of a siege mentality. Uh, they kind of closed closed shop uh, for the day and, and didn't really suffer too many too many hairy moments. Uh, and then is is that man the the next you know teenage sensation Florian Verts um, made the most of a, a defensive mix up between Marapanos and Kemp, I think it was. Um, threw on goal, lovely finish, three one, and that. Generally speaking, even though they were down to ten men, was that was the game with twenty minutes left. Um, I think Marmouche may have had a couple of efforts on goal, but nothing overly serious. So, yeah, an impressive response from Leverkusen because, as you said, um, they don't often handle these situations particularly well. Um, they would have been stung as well, of course, by last week. How you know how Dortmund had done them on several occasions um, coming back uh, from well, Dortmund coming back from losing positions on several occasions. So very impressive. Um, again, one of the next superstars to to see across your screens is going to be Florian Verts. He you know he ran the show, superb player. Um, had a bit of a slow start to the season. I think that was mainly because of injury. Now he's in that team, heartbeat of the team. Um, like you said, being able to, you know, play forward quickly with the likes of, you know, Diaby on the wing, um, you know, being more of a central figure. You've got Patrick Schick, who's now got four goals in four in the Bundesliga, I think. Um, so he's settling in, using that Euro form to, to his advantage. Um, and, you know, I was obviously, as we said, the, the kind of new look partnership at the back, Cosnunu. Uh, um, settled in quite well. Uh, obviously, they shipped goals last week, but they've done well going down to 10 men against the Stuttgart team who usually like to score goals. Obviously, they're missing players. Um, but, yeah, it was an exciting game to watch. Leverkusen handled it really well. Stuttgart, uh, from their point of view, yeah, were probably let off uh, by that red card from Andricks, allowing them to be in the game where realistically, if things had carried on with 11 versus 11, it probably would have been 3 or 4 nil. Um, Yeah, Stuttgart needs, just needs to get players back, back, you know, fit. Marmouche has looked capable up top, but they need that kind of sosa Kalajic partnership to, yeah. to kind of come back and save them a little bit because they're looking, you know, they're teetering with a lot of big teams at the near the bottom, bottom half of the table. They're in 14th um, place right now, but on four points with the likes of Bielefeld, Frankfurt, Gladbach, RB Leipzig, like there are big teams down there and you expect them to pick up more points. So Stuttgart keep on struggling, it's a bit of a worry, but I'm sure they'll get themselves going soon enough. Yeah, definitely. I think I think one of the key moments as well, obviously, was the, the I think for me, I've been actually really impressed with uh, Soane as well, the uh, the coach of. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think when he came in, everyone was like, "Who?" You know, myself included. And I think you, Rory, as well. You know, I mean, I think he came in from the Swiss league, and people were like, "This, this is a bit of a kind of disappointing appointment." Obviously, the last permanent manager was Peter Boss, who was like, has got a really good reputation within football in general. But I mean, you know, he's really impressed me. He looks, uh, I think he's kind of taken their attack into the next level for me, really. I mean, they've always been a good attacking side, you know. But I mean, I've been really impressed. And I thought one of his substitutions as well, when the red card came, he, he kind of sensed, you know, something's not right here, you know. And he left it a few minutes. They got the goal back. But then he made the substitution. He took uh, Bellarabi off for Demir by. 
And I think Demirbay obviously is more of a defensive option. He's got a lot of experience as well. He, he's been a starter for the last few seasons, but obviously Soane didn't fancy him enough to start him in this game. But he definitely did a good job and he, he provided that experience as well, which I think helped. And I think his team talk as well at half time. I mean, obviously, we're not a fly on the wall, but he must have said something good because, to be honest, the second half, I thought they were quite comfortable, really. And they actually had more chances in that second half. Yeah. And I thought, but by, I was actually happier with the Vert score because I just had the feeling it was going to be one of them where they might get done at the end again, you know, like they often do really, Leverkusen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, obviously, Vert's had a stormer, as Rory said. He was brilliant in this game and he was the one that finished it. And to be honest, it could have been finished a few minutes before that as well. I think Diaby probably didn't have his best game in this one. He missed a couple of kind of decent chances as well at 2 1. But yeah, in the end, obviously, Verts did the business and they, they saw it out quite comfortably, really, in the end, 3-1. Uh, but yeah, obviously, 10 points on the board for Leverkusen. They're scoring goals left, right and centre as well. They've also scored 15 in five games. The numbers are just crazy, really, aren't they? But they've not conceded quite as many as Dortmund, but they've still conceded seven, which is too many if you want to be pushing for those Champions League positions, really. But, yeah, good start overall for Soane and Leverkusen. So let's uh, move on to the final uh, featured four game, which was another cracker. I mean, if you look at the score, you think, you know, one all, it's just an OK game, you know. Yeah. But actually, it was in, this was maybe the game of the weekend, to be honest with you, even better than some of the other crackers that we saw this weekend. Some brilliant, brilliant football. I mean, obviously, starting off with Leipzig with the pressure, really, wasn't it? And obviously, that man, Salazar, got a goal disallowed very, very early on, I think after four minutes. It was one of them, really, wasn't it, Rory? I, I thought it was a little bit unlucky, really. It was like half a foot offside. It, it had to be the right decision, but, you know, like in the days before VAR, I think they were given, really. You know, a lot of players would have, but obviously it wasn't. And then Nkunku, obviously, on the back of his hat-trick against City in midweek, curled yeah. a really, really good effort. And it was very, very unlucky to hit the kind of inside of the post and... Uh, bounce out really but then then Cologne got into the game didn't he Rory and it turned out to be an absolute classic really this for me yeah it did um I was fortunate to to watch this one live and like you said on on the face of it 1-1 looks like you know your bog standard average game but this really was high quality um really even match teams um amazing to think that based on last season isn't it um but yeah obviously after the um disallowed goal uh, just about correctly, and then uh, the Nkunku chance. Uh, Andre Duda hit the post mm. home with a brilliant effort. He's got that in his locker. That that kind of spectacular yeah. um, sort of goal. That the technique on that was really good. Um, so yeah, so he hit the post from that, um, and then I think there was so there was, a, there was a second disallowed goal. I'm just trying to get yeah. my head in the right place of this game. So yeah, uh, Modest breaks through. Um, a high line from RB and he puts it on the plate for Marcoud to score. Uh, that's ruled off correctly for offside. That was probably the most clear-cut one of the entire game. And that was um, that was around, uh, I think that was around half, um, just before half-time. Um, then the game kind of went a bit weird. Um, it was, there was lots and lots of chances for, for both teams. And, and then what looked like a fairly routine free kick to be given and, and a goal disallowed uh, ended up being the first goal of the game uh, mm -hmm. where um, 
look, I think it's Mark Mark Hooters obviously trying to you know pressurize the central defensive um, player on the ball. Simicani is just making a box standard clearance. Um, looks like he clips him from behind and the ball falls to Modest and he smashes it in. Um, didn't look like many people thought it was anything but a free kick, but bit of a VAR check, a long delay. Uh, it was like, you know what? He's not going to give this. Uh, he's <laughs> going to give the foul. He's going to give a goal. And I was, I mean, I was amazed because it looks such, it looks such a mm. foul. But when you look closely, it doesn't really look like there's actually much contact. And Simican almost trips himself over. Um, and then, you know, Modest does what a good striker does, just smash it in the net. You never know. And if he obviously doesn't do that, it's a, it's a missed chance. So that's uh, that's 1-0 to the home side after um, about 55 minutes. So early on in the second half, um, RB Leipzig, though, responded really well. Um, they, again, um, had a goal disallowed this time. So Forsberg <laughs> put the ball in the back of there. Really composed, nice curling finish um, after Nkunku had set him up. That was chopped off for VAR. Um, but eventually, RB got themselves back into it. Um, nice corner, whipped in by Sabozlai, uh, met by Haidara, a very powerful header in off the bar. Very nice goal, 1-1. Um, again, you know, you'd think with 20 minutes to go, you'd expect RB to really hammer home and go for it. Um, and they did have some big chances for sure. Um, again, Sabozlai, um was denied by Horn uh, not once but twice. Uh, Paulson had a good volley that Horn punched away. Um, but then the, the chance at the end of the game, um, <laughs> Cole to break out, substitution. Uh, so the sub Anderson managed to break away and added time. Um, and like, he gets the shot away and, you know, it's a good effort and it, it's well saved by Galachi and the ball falls perfectly for Duda. And all he's got to do is get some contact onto it. It's a goal. He's a hero. Two-one, brilliant win, and and he shins it straight at Galachi, and he just catches it. <laughs> what a, what a disappointing finish to a great game. Um, so yeah, so four disallowed goals, uh, three or four disallowed goals. The post being struck left, right, and centre. Chances galore. It was a brilliant game of football. It was a shame it finished one-one. Could have been five-five. Yeah, awesome game. Yeah, it really was. It, for me, it was one of the best games. Like, I mean, we see a lot of good games in the Bundesliga, but this really was a crazy game, you know. But I've got to say, with regard to the RB defending, you know, like, do they have to give the team a goal every single game with a defensive clangor? You know, how many times have we seen this? You know, yeah. it seems as though every game, like, the, the, I think Simakan has been good actually so far yeah, until yeah. this game. I mean, but this was, yeah, as Rory said, it looked like a stonewall foul, but actually it was just a, a horrible clearance really from Simakan, wasn't it? And it was like, I mean, we saw it in the first game of the season as well. It was Mukiele that time, you know, who's done a few stinkers actually this season so mm -hmm. far. But to be honest, when I, when I saw the highlights of first of this one, I thought, oh, it's Mukiele who's done it again. <laughs> but no, obviously this time it was Simakan, who has been obviously the summer signing to replace Upamecano who has been decent, actually, overall. Had a yeah. bit of a stinker in this game, didn't he? But, yeah, for me, this this game, in many ways, it showed, like, the difference between the, the way that the two tight seasons are going, really, you know, because, I mean, if this was last season, like, we saw Cologne sitting back, defending a lot and, you know, not scoring many goals or creating much. 
until obviously the last five or seven games when they did. But I mean, for me, Stefan Baumgart, I've just been so impressed with him and his side, yeah. you know. I mean, when Baumgart was brought in, like a lot of the Cologne fans were just like, really? You know, they were kind of, they weren't overly impressed, to be honest at all. But I mean, for what he's served up so far, the improvement is like, unbelievable really and for me they look a really good side this season FC Cologne I've enjoyed watching them and as Rory said I mean if Duda could just have finished that at the end it would have capped a brilliant night and then great to see a very good crowd as well like the games in Nordrhein Westfalen can have more fans in than they can over yeah. where I am in Bavaria actually so if you guys watch some of the games you'll probably notice that different grounds have different capacities it's because the way it works in Germany is that every different Bundesländer, as they call them, like every different state has a different capacity that they can have at the moment. So like in Cologne, I think they can have like 80 or 75 percent. So that's why you saw like a really, really good crowd on. Yeah. Whereas, uh, for example, Augsburg and Bayern, who are both in Bavaria, I think they can only have like 30 percent at the minute. So that's why you're seeing like not so many fans in the grounds, especially in the south of Germany, but a lot more in in, in the northwest in particular. So it was great. The atmosphere was brilliant. It was a great yeah. crowd. And congratulations to Cologne for the improvement. As for RB, I mean, it wasn't a bad performance. They could easily have won this game. They had enough chances. And if they had a bit more luck with the offsides. But, I mean, it's not really working out for Jesse Marsh's side, is it? Let's be honest. Four points from five games. Couple with a six six goal hammering against uh, City as well midweek. Yeah. It's not going well for them. They need a win this weekend unless pressure is going to start mounting on the American. That's for sure. Okay, so obviously the other games weren't quite as entertaining as those four, but there were still some pretty good ones in there. Let's start off with obviously Augsburg getting their first win of the season. I mean, to be honest, this was a very, very low quality game of football, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> Gladbach are just having an absolute mare under Adi, under Adi Hooter so far, aren't they? I mean, the only real bit of quality in this game was obviously the goal, really, when Vargas kind of broke down the right wing he didn't have a great game before that to be honest Vargas he was quite wasteful but he managed to pull the ball back for a substitute Niederlechner who he can finish we know that Niederlechner can finish I was a little bit surprised to see him on the bench starting on this game but he did finish well and got the win but Rory are you a bit concerned about both of these sides at the minute really overall uh, well, yeah, as as the table describes it, um, Gladbach are in more trouble than Augsburg all of a sudden uh, because of their win. They're you know they're flying high in eleventh place. Um, but yeah, ultimately this is a game that both sides are struggling at the moment. Um, yeah, the one bit of quality, nice cutback from Vargas, and a, a very tidy finish at the near post from Niederlechner. Um, maybe he needed that kind of opportunity where not all the pressure is on him from the very start and he can come on as a sub and be more of a hero type figure um but ultimately he's you know he's the main the main man up, up top for them Vargas is an up-and-coming player um he's very erratic like you said Mark uh he's got it seems like a bit of a temperament issue like we yeah. saw him kick out last season and almost cost them uh in one of those games when they're in involved in a relegation battle um he is wasteful in front of goal as well so yeah ultimately you know it, there's a lot of pressure on Niederlechner there a lot of the time to score goals um but yeah I, I think certainly from 
from a defensive point of view, they they are looking a bit, you know, a bit more ship shape. Um, even without the the injured Udukai, um, who would have thought it would have been quite a big loss actually for for this side, but um, you know, they're kind of settling into a set way of playing. Um, generally speaking, they you know they kept a a dangerous on paper glad backsides fairly quiet. Obviously, there was a disallowed goal for. Um, for Plie, um, mm. I think that was for yeah for offside from a Stindl pass. Um, so you know, a huge, huge result for them, even though it's very early on in the season, they needed that desperately. Um, Gladbach, I mean, I predicted them to maybe go, uh, you know, win comfortably enough, uh, 2 3 1 here after a good win against Bielefeld, but I just don't know where to start with Gladbach. They've got the caliber on paper is. You know, it's not like they should win the league every season, but they should be top six minimum with the players that they have. So reliant yeah. on Bar Stindl, how long can he keep going um, and, you know, be the main man for them? Plie and, and Chiram, obviously Chiram got injured after a really good-looking start, uh, which is a shame for them. Uh, and injuries have been an issue, but um, they don't seem to trust Mbolo much. He's obviously more of a, a super sub. Um, and they just throw in these really random performances, which make you think, well, on the form this season, they'll be they'll be lucky if they hit mid table. Really, they're they're looking very irregular, and I've even seen some uh, Gladbach fans take to Twitter and say we are genuinely in a relegation battle this season. Um, amazing how you know the tides have turned in that kind of the the balance of power between them and and Colm given last year what it was all about, because they're obviously the, the more dominant team mm. as far as the league is <clears throat> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, they look in trouble. Um, and Augsburg, of course, will be very pleased with that. Can they build on it? We'll have to see. Um, they still look shot shy. Um, but ultimately, win positive and, and you just go into the next week and see how they, how they uh, handle things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, moving on to another team who seems to be going in the right direction, Hertha Berlin, obviously, picking up the second win in a row. I mean, some people would say it was a case of the fixtures falling nicely. Obviously, they've got two wins over the currently the bottom two and also the two teams that were promoted, this time beating uh, Greuther for 2-1 at home. But, I mean, you know, let's be honest, for what it was a better away performance than what we've seen in the last two, wasn't it? But, I mean, that could partly to do with the fact that Hertha did start the game quite slowly, particularly until they went 1-0 down through yeah. the uh, Hergota penalty. I mean, obviously, you could take a great penalty, Hergota, can't you? I think that's the second or third penalty he's tucked away this season so far. But, I mean, for me, I thought Fur were quite good until that point. You know, I thought, you know, that they could get at least a point out of this game. I mean, I was watching this on Friday night and I thought, yeah, they've got a great chance. But then, I mean, literally four minutes later... I mean, they had the big celebrations to go 1-0 up and they're thinking, you know, we might be able to get our first win here. And then four minutes later, straight from a corner, actually swung in by the manager's son, ironically, Martin Dardai. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Camp, who I think had just come on as a sub, actually, yeah. as well. I think for the for the beleaguered Boateng, who's not having a great time on his return to the Bundesliga, is he really? Yeah. The marquee signing, he looks like... I don't know, he's always been a, quite a player that you've got to question his temperament, Kevin Prince-Boateng, hasn't he? But for me, he's not done it so far in a Hertha shirt. Obviously, coming back to his boyhood club. But that, that brings him back to one-all. And then, Rory, I mean, 
they just they didn't look convincing after that third, did they? They seemed to lose the confidence after Hertha got that goal, I thought. Yeah, I think like you said, in this game, the the penalty, um, you know, stupidly given away by by Zfuk, um, yeah. you know, sprung them into action, as you said. Um the substitute, the debutant, a Clen Camp um, signed from Ajax, I think, on deadline day. Um, so, you know, very good start for him. Um, very good header, first and foremost. And then, yeah, with 10 minutes to go, you're thinking it's probably only going one way, even though Hersa aren't, you know, a, a real force right now. But it's, um, it was a really good crossing by, um, by Richter. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a bit of a bit of a stinker in the end from from the defender who's felt a bit of pressure and just fluffed his clearance and it's uh you know it's kind of just dribbled over the net for 2-1 and then unfortunately despite how well Furt had done to stay in the, the contest they just don't have enough really at the moment uh maybe the, just the belief to come back in especially with 10 minutes to go it's very hard to do that for any side um but yeah, it looked like Hertha were there for the taking. Certainly in the first half, they were very wasteful in possession. Um, but Furtz obviously weren't able to take advantage. Maybe if they led going into half time, would have been a different story for them. But uh, yeah, tricky, tricky for them. Obviously, both newly promoted teams are now in the relegation zone. Um, as things stand, of course, you know things things will change. I'm sure of that. Um, but Furtz have just got to get. You know, points where they can. Uh, ultimately, you know, they're dealing with a different, you know, different calibre of, of football. As simple as that. And you just sometimes, if you haven't got the players who are capable of that, you'll just get found out. Um, so it's just a tricky one, really. Can players up their game to the next level? Can some of them do it? That's what we're here to find out. Um, right now, they're struggling. Will they get, you know, get up to speed in time let's hope so because uh, I, I don't want to see any team fall away like, like we had with Schalke last season because it just ruins you know the fun of the relegation race uh, as a neutral fan anyway um, so yeah <laughs> good win for her to perfect timing as you said with regards to the fixtures so let's see how they go on from here yeah, I think obviously we do often see the the promoted side struggle. The 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 kind of markup between the the second league and the top league is very big. You know, I mean, you've got a lot of very well run clubs in the Bundesliga, and they, they know how kind of signings you need to make. They like some of the smaller clubs. You like to Freiburg, Mainz, Augsburg. They know the way around the Bundesliga. You know, and it's like uh, it's hard for these newly promoted sides because they don't have the same financial clout that like some of the, the Premier League teams that get promoted from the Championship, for example, you know. Like, we see teams in the Premier League, like your Fulhams, and they'll go and spend 100 million quid and buy a load of rubbish, basically. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like, whereas in the Bundesliga, they'd be lucky to, to, to spend 100, 100 grand, to be honest, let alone. <laughs> and we saw that with both Furt and Bochum, you know. They're, they're very much put together on a shoestring budget, but hopefully... I think they've got to kind of get some, some inspiration from Bielefeld last year because we saw them really struggle early on. I think they lost like six of the first eight games or something, but then obviously they really steadied in the second half of the season and started to pick up some big results. So there's a long way to go, yeah. I wouldn't get too worried for either of those promoted sides just yet. Okay, moving on to last week's table toppers, uh, Wolfsburg. Obviously were held to a one-all draw against still winless Frankfurt under Oliver Glasner. 
I think this was a case, yeah, probably Wolfsburg should have won the game, really. But definitely, Frankfurt are definitely improving, aren't they, Rory? I think like there are signs to believe that, that their first win is definitely on the horizon now, really. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, like you said, the the run of play was generally speaking for you know for Wolfsburg. Uh, Veghorst hit the bar early on uh, in the first twenty minutes from a from a corner, um, but against the run of play, um, a nice Kostic uh, low cross was met by uh, by the new man Sam Lammers, who's now got two goals in two games. Got his first in Europe the other day. So, you know, is he going to be able to fill a hole, uh, which is obviously clearly not being filled by Bore, um, unfortunately, at the moment. So he didn't look great in his first game, I have to be honest, because it was um, it was the game on the Sunday against Stuttgart. He looked a bit underwhelming. Uh, but, you know, first game can often be a, a tricky one. Maybe he hadn't played for a while. But that's obviously a good sign for them. Uh, Kostic settling back into things after his, uh, you know, throwing his toys out of the pram. Uh, about not getting a transfer. So he's now settling in and accepting his role. He's a big player for them. Um, still not seen an awful lot from, you know, from the likes of Kamada, who had a really good season. Um, their defence has just, con- you know, they just conceded silly goals. Case an example, the one against um, Stuttgart last weekend uh, against 10 men. You should be winning that game, of course. Um but, I mean, you can't really criticise them for conceding one against Wolfsburg. The goal eventually came after good work from Babu down the wing. Uh, they, of course, being able to slide in at the back post after a, a good save from Trapp initially. Um, so, a good point for Frankfurt in the circumstances. Wolfsburg probably think that they should still be perfect. But um, a draw with those two teams, yeah, you can both be happy, I guess. Yeah, I definitely think that's the big worry for Frankfurt. Though. Bore is just... He's not only coming, he's not even coming close to replacing Silver's quality last year, is he? And he just looks, to me, he looks a guy that's just really short on confidence. Like he's playing like stupid balls across the front when he should be kind of uh, holding on to the ball. And he's like, he's not really had as many chances the last couple of games, but like the first few, he should have had like two or three goals really in there. For, and I think after that, he's lost his confidence. And I'm a little bit worried for him at the minute. I mean, obviously, he doesn't speak the language. You know, it might be a little bit difficult. I know that it can be tough in some of the for some of these guys coming from South America to the Bundesliga, which is why they often tend to go to La Liga, where they obviously speak Spanish in most cases, or Portugal, where they speak Portuguese. So, mm. I mean, it's quite tough, really, because the culture is very different. You know, I mean, I hope he does manage to settle in, because I think from what I've seen of him at River Plate in South America, he looked an exciting player, and I think he on on paper. It was a marquee signing, really, for them on a free transfer. But so far, it's really, really not worked out for him. And I hope he can get a goal soon, unless it could be a long season for the Argentinian. Okay, so let's finish on two nil-nils. Obviously, we never really dwell too much on the nil-nil games. I think, I mean, for me, I'll take the first one, Rory. I think probably mine should have got the win, really, against Freiburg for me. I think, aside from the early header from Nico Schlotterbeck uh, from Freiburg, I think... I mean, we've talked a lot about how good they've been this season, but I think Christian Schreig was visibly quite angry with their performance at times in this game. I mean, it's one of them where probably both teams would have seen it as a winnable opportunity, really, wouldn't they? And I think, um, you know, Mines probably should have won it. A couple of good efforts from uh, Boatius and Burkhardt, a couple of good saves as well from the, um, the Freiburg keeper. But, I mean, for me, 
it wasn't a great game, was it? As nil-nil as usually are. But I mean, for me, Mainz probably should have got the fourth win out of five. But Freiburg will definitely just be happy to escape with a point there, really, because it wasn't really their day at all in this game. But a clean sheet is a clean sheet away from home, you know. And Rory, what about the uh, the Bielefeld v Hoffenheim? Any anything to mention on that one? Yeah, it was actually quite um, an exciting game as uh, for nil nils. Uh, quite a lot of chances, plenty for the very wasteful Bielefeld. Um, as much as mine should have taken the points from Freiburg, Bielefeld should have taken the points off of Hoffenheim. Um, uh, the man from Nuremberg uh, is it? I forget his first Hack, name. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alexander, uh, Robert Robin Hack. Robin yeah. Hack. Yeah, yeah. Looked really dangerous um, early on. Um, had a chance um, where he hit. I think he hit the post early on. Uh, he then set up Fabian close, but took too much time in the area, and it was saved eventually by Bauman. Uh, Kramerich had a few opportunities, particularly in the first half um, for Hoffenheim. Um, and uh, after good work from uh, Raum, who's come up and done really well in Hoffenheim colours, but uh, well saved by Ortega. Um, so still proving impossible to beat Stefan Ortega. Um, so, yeah, good point um, for, for, well, it's hard to say really if it's a good point for both because Bielefeld keep on drawing. Um, that's their fourth out of five now, isn't it? Um, so that elusive win. You know, those extra points do make a massive difference, don't they? So they're probably thinking they've missed out on a couple there. Uh, Hoffenheim just, well, after the early season optimism I had for them, they just can't seem to to put the ball in the back of the net. If, unless it's Kramerich is assisting someone, he's not obviously scored any goals yet. So that's a bit of a worry for them. Um, but yeah, not, not terrible nil-nil, but still uh, clean sheets all around. Yeah, I think it's a funny one for Bielefeld because for me, I actually think they've been pretty good this season. You know, even though they've not won, I think they've, they've been looking a bit more on the, especially at home, they've been playing more on the front foot, you know, looking to attack more. But for some reason, they just can't get the goals this season, can they? And like, obviously, in contrast to the likes of Dortmund and Leverkusen, most of their games have been very, very low scoring this season. You know, only eight goals involved in their five games this year. And only three of them scored, which is a little bit worrying, let's be honest, you know. But I still think there's there's enough in Bielefeld to think they'll stay up relatively comfortably this year for me. I think there's probably three or four teams that are significantly worse than Bielefeld this year. And I think um, as for Hoffenheim, it's just you've got a question really, how long are they going to stick with uh, Ernest? you know, because I mean, obviously it was brought in. And under quite big expectations, obviously, from the second league, uh, from Bayern's second team, actually. And they, they kind of thought he was going to be the next Nagelsmann, from what I can gather. But it's just not really... He's stint there. It's been a case of like two steps, one step forward and two steps back, really, hasn't it? With his, yeah. And I know he was close to getting sacked, I think, round about last Christmas. But I think he, he had a good kind of spell of form towards the end of the season, a decent spell of form, we could say. And then again, he starts this season well with a great couple of wins early on, but it's just not kicked off really, has it? And it's just, um, I don't know, obviously that's two games in a row now against Mainz and Bielefeld where they've not scored, which is not great really with a attack and squad as good as theirs. Because let's be honest, Hoffenheim have a really, really good squad, you know, and they should be chasing for top six really. So I've got my question marks as to whether Hernis is really the man and I wouldn't be surprised to see him relieved over the next five to ten games, to be honest with you. 
Okay, so yeah, so that pretty much concludes our roundup for week five, another great week of action. So let's finish with the hero and zero. So um, over to you, Rory. Do you want to introduce the hero this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we kind of ummed, up, ummed and ahed about this a little bit. Um, Honourable mentions for Florian Wirtz and, and uh, Haaland. But in the end, we actually went for a keeper. Uh, so yeah, hero of the week. We're going to give it to Timo Horn of, uh, of FC Köln after um, yeah after a brilliant performance in in net against RB Leipzig. Lots and lots of big saves, helping his side to a, a very impressive point, if not quite the win. Uh, but yeah, so hero of the week uh, goes to Horn in net. Uh, yeah, Mark, over to you for the zero. Yeah, my zero. And obviously, we could have given it to any of those Balkan defenders, really, particularly the Greek defender who got the own goal. But I thought that'd be a little bit harsh because obviously Balkan are still kind of learning the trade at this level, and it was against Bayern away from home. So for me, the, the zero had to go to that man, Andre. Really, I mean, some people might be a bit surprised at this one because he did get the opening goal. Obviously, it's not often we see a goal scorer get. Um, zero of the week but I mean that tackle is just you can't be doing he's meant to be like their experienced head in that midfield in what is otherwise a young team and you can't be doing that away from home in a game that you really want to be winning you know and he could have cost his team very easily not only that it's a dangerous challenge you know he could have seriously injured the uh the player from Stuttgart I thought it was a terrible tackle he deserved red card and for me not really what you want from one of your leaders and your more experienced players in the team. Obviously, the man signed from Union Berlin. He's very much a hit-and-miss player, isn't he? I mean, he, he offers a lot of good, but he's always got that red card or penalty giveaway in him, hasn't he? So, someone that's got to kind of clean up their act a little bit in terms of discipline for me. But, yeah, they still got the win anyway. So, very true. yeah. Good stuff. Um just before we finish, then uh, we've had confirmation in our in our chat this evening from Bully uh, from Bully News from Bundesliga Boxes. Their new website's up and running in the next ten days, so good news there. So you can check them out there. Uh, so yeah, Mark, quickly over to you to finish off for the evening. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been great to get back to uh, to business. So yeah, let's uh, let's just finish off by kind of uh, checking out. So yeah, remember to check out our. Twitter as well. So you can check out Over the Bar FB and Over the Bar Extra as well. I think we actually had a few problems with our Twitter feed. So just be patient with that as well, guys. Remember, we will be back up and running soon. It's just a few technical problems there, I think, on that front. So keep with us. We will be back on there with that. Also, remember to check out our otbfootball.net as well, which is like the centerpiece of our stuff. Remember to check that out because I think a lot of people kind of neglect the site a little bit, but it's a really good site to check out. We've got some guys that really know what they're doing with the tech side of things that kind of run that side of things for over the bar. So check that out as well. And obviously, uh, remember to hit subscribe as well because that really helps us to produce more and more work for you guys and it helps us to kind of invest a little bit more time into producing more shows we have got a lot of other shows ready for you as well we're going to do a little bit more on the european front as well this year obviously yeah. specializing in the bundesliga particularly but yeah other teams will be covered in there as well we'll get a few experts from other leagues as well on which should be quite interesting for you guys 
Uh, yeah, and obviously remember to check out our – we have another live show on Thursday, of course, which will be our uh, predictions and uh, fantasy football as well. So remember to check that out as well. So you got double header of live shows this week with the Bundesliga show. Remember also check out the League 1 and League 2 stuff as well. So don't don't forget that. But, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all on Thursday. Thank you. See you then.